Hello and welcome to Cams Corp's Our Stories. Concern for people and missing from home reports represent a significant slice of modern policing. But behind the stats, there are stories of real people, some ending in tragedy, but others in joyful reunion. In this episode, Detective Inspector Nick Cook speaks about the highs and lows of investigating missing people, while experienced control room supervisor Malcolm Graham explains how concern for person calls so often fall to police, even when they shouldn't. Hi, my name's uh, Nick Cook. I'm a detective inspector. And um, when I'm in my position as uh, duty SAO, duty DI for the day, I will be responsible for managing all the high-risk missing people that are reported. Um, If I'm night crime, then I'll deal with the whole force. Um, If I'm duty down south or north, the missing people that are reported in that particular area. Thank you. What is the first thing you do when a missing person call comes in? As a duty detective inspector, I'm notified of all high-risk missing people. And in all missing people inquiries, my, my first thoughts and considerations of a high-risk missing is, is this a, a homicide investigation? The guidance says for us to think murder and to, to start at that level. Upon discussion with the officer that, that should have done their initial and basic inquiries, which is to search the house that they live in for the person and um, to make sure that there's no obvious um, signs and, and find them quite easily, uh, my next priority and thoughts are is to save life and prevent harm or further harm coming to that person. Um, what are the circumstances? What's been done so far? And what can I bring from the investigative options that are available to me and resources that I've got to find this person or secure a proof of life that proves to me that they're not they're not, they're not missing? I'll speak to you about the hypothesis we go through. There are many variants of missing person inquiries. Are they missing? Have they died? Are they being held against their will? Have they been abducted? Is it a kidnap? And the rules for those those kind of inquiries change dramatically. The basic definition for a missing person, though, is anyone whose whereabouts cannot be established and will be considered as missing until located and their well-being or otherwise is confirmed. As a duty DI, my working hypothesis from the murder manual is you know, is this person missing under the influence of a third party or following a criminal act? Are they lost, ill or incapacitated? Are they missing voluntarily and do not want to be found? And mine, uh, and my experience, I always add the, the following one, which is, are they genuinely unaware that they've been reported missing? We have people who go on holiday and don't tell people that they're going. Um, so they are genuinely unaware that they're reported missing. What are some of the most common reasons someone goes missing? The most common reasons I, w- I would say on a, on, a, on a daily basis throughout your shift are, are more often presently, and, it's, and, it, and, it, and it's, it's very topical, a mental health crisis, people trying to escape their life. We've, we've gone through a, a unique situation with the pandemic um, and people are, are, are unable to cope with, with being isolated. Um, the the other side of things are are the the, the juveniles that are um, exploited, criminally exploited, or, or or sexually exploited. But we we live in Cambridgeshire, and it's a very safe county to live in. But we we do have people that are murdered, and we do have people that commit suicide. And you know, I'd like to say that one brush foots all, but we start at murder and we work back. We start at murder, we we start at suicide, we start at, at death, and we work back and we seek 
and all opportunities to establish that proof of life that allows us to stand down the necessary resources to find these people. But if it's high risk, we would put as many resources as are, are freely available to establish the whereabouts of that person. How does it feel when you find someone who is missing? Well, it depends how busy we are and it depends how we found them, really. I've been on duties as a duty DI where we've had nine high risk missing events on Friday evening where competing demand is it is what we deal with on a daily basis. So it does depend on how we found them. Finding a missing person that's deceased may bring closure if they've been missing for a long time. However, finding someone who is alive can also add an additional heartache to the informant or the family members if that person's an adult because some missing people do not want to be found and our obligation as police services to find people alive and well, not necessarily to update the person who's missing them where they are. And that makes our role quite challenging because uh, we are the bearer of good news, but not the news that they particularly want. Agony messages are, are always horrendous. I've been um, been involved in, in in some missing events where we have we have found the person deceased, and it it does bring a conclusion to it. But it but it's it's nonetheless uh, doesn't make it any easier. It's, it's it's a difficult subject. There are many, like I said, there are many variants to it. And when someone's found deceased in a missing person inquiry. Regardless how they're found, there's, there's no winners in that. Um, but we, we try to be professional in, in everything we do uh, and deliver messages um, sensitively. Thank you. Do you have any memories where you've tracked down a missing person? I, I would say missing children is the, um, is the one where you get the, the, the most reward from, in my, from my perspective, in, especially where there is a battle between parents or, or a breakdown of a relationship between parents. Uh, we've had families where the 12-year-old boy has decided to hitchhike out of county, which which poses all kinds of logistical difficulties in finding finding that boy. And he was found four counties away, having travelled for se- for several hours, and found found by members of the public. So finding finding that little little lad on a on a Sunday when he went missing on a Friday. And he was alive and, and and well. It just goes to show you the, the ingenuity of children and how they can get about. And sometimes being blissfully unaware and picking up a, a child and trying to help them by taking them somewhere. You take them other, anywhere other than a police station, you're, you're never going to be sure that they, they are okay after you drop them off. And I think that there is a phrase that officers can be often criticised for, which is, I think they appeared quite streetwise. Well, they're children at the end of the day, and, and I'm afraid children children die in missing events, and that is as tragic as it could get because there is a breakdown and a, and a, and a disconnect between someone looking after them. So fi- I would say find it, finding those children on two separate occasions where he managed to run away from school and get all the way to, to dad's four counties away, th- th- those made my weekend because they, they literally dominated my shift and updating mum that we'd, we'd found a little lad. It, it stands out and it's recent and it's still ongoing. Um, and, I'm st- and I'm still taking that forward with social care. Thank you. That's a lovely story. Is there anything else you'd like to add while we're recording that we've not already covered? No, I think from a police officer's perspective, missing people are, like, like we said before we started recording, I would say from a duty DI's perspective, it's 90% of what, of what we deal with on a, on a, on a, on a duty 
I say quite often there are numerous missing people and what, what we try to not try not to dismiss them and try not to downplay a missing person, especially children, because oh they'll be home later attitude, unfortunately, when they're not, starts to analyse how it's been dealt with to start with. And and we've got the building blocks of every investigation. And the first one says save life. If you can save life, find that child as soon as possible, find that vulnerable adult as soon as possible, um, and find um, evidence. The clues are there. We're all investigators. Police officers are all investigators, whether they're in response or CID. And the first responding officer, the clues are where that person have gone, will be in the address or there will be digital footprint. And it's a question of finding them and not just waiting for me as a duty DI to come in and say, have you looked here? Have you looked there? There's plenty of guidance uh, around. We're always here on the phone to to, to speak to um, and put those calls in early for help if you're unsure. Thank you. Uh, my name is Malcolm Graham. I'm a control room supervisor. What is the definition of a cause for concern and how do you deal with one? Concern for welfare call is essentially what it sounds like. It's uh, where somebody is concerned for the welfare of somebody else. The call handler has to identify it as concern for welfare or amongst various call types that there are. Um, sometimes they can be overlapping call types, so a violence incident might incorporate within it a concern for welfare, um, and it's up to the call taker to make a decision as to what the primary call type is. Um, they then, having decided that, having gathered the information, they have to grade it uh, according to our grading policy to help them think through the issues that are raised in the call and decide how urgent it is, how serious it is, and arrive at a grade. Um, having graded it, they send it, send it, they transfer it through computer magic to the control room who find an officer, a resource to send to the job according to its grade and according to competing priorities. Um, and the officer goes um, and deals with it. And that's all for this episode of Camtercops Our Stories. We hope you found it interesting and maybe useful should you ever need to contact us with concerns for someone. You can contact us online via our website or call 101. Always call 999 in an emergency. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss the next instalment. Thank you for listening.